Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 148. And today I have the amazing Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, more recently with Fleetwood Mac, co-writer, session guitarist, producer with people like Don Henley and Stevie Nicks. Listen, if you've turned the radio on in the last 45 years, there's a good chance you've heard uh, Mike's fantastic guitar lines, his signature guitar lines, which lend so much to all the massive hits that he has propelled. It was a huge honor to talk to Mike Campbell, and we'll get to that conversation very shortly. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course, masterminded by Joe Elliott, our friend of the show, who was the ex-head of guitar at GIT and also the McNally Smith Music College. So he knows his stuff. Here's a few words from Joe. You're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player. Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. All right, thanks, Joe. I was actually a beta tester when Joe started putting together that course. So I've seen it myself and can vouch that it's a a fantastic course, beautifully paced and presented. And as a music educator myself, I have no hesitation in encouraging you to check that out. There are links in our show notes that you can have a look at and head on over and check out Fretboard Biology. All right, now my conversation with Mike Campbell. Again, as I said, man, just a thrill to speak to someone whose guitar parts have been um, in my head for many, many years, like I'm sure they have been for you as well. Let's jump straight in. Hey, Matt. It's Mike. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Really well. Where are you calling from? Calling from Sydney, Australia. Sydney. I know it well. Yeah, you've been here quite a few times, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm... You're in a lot better place than we are right now, but uh, it's nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. You too. Are you um, whereabouts in the states are you as, as we speak? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. We're on a serious lockdown right now, trying to get a handle on things. I'm, I'm jealous that you guys are doing so well. Yeah, think, things are picking up. Um, yeah, we're cautiously optimistic and starting to book gigs again and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, hope hope the same for you uh, in the in the new year. Mike, the Dirty Knobs have just released their first album, which is fantastic, Reck, Reckless Abandon. But this project's been going for a while for you. Do you can you give me the history of, of the Dirty Knobs? Yeah, we've been playing together uh, in between Heartbreakers tours in the studio and little nightclubs for about 15 years. So it's not just a thrown-together project. We've actually become a band over that time, and uh, we have... Uh, the opportunity now to put out some music, so uh, we're really excited about it. That's fantastic. Are the the songs um, were they written for the project, or were these again tunes you'd been working, you know, over these last fifteen years with the guys? It's about half and half. 
Yeah, some of them have been played in front of an audience before, so uh, we're pretty sure about them. And in the process, we came up with some new songs, and uh, that's how the album evolved. I don't know if loose is the right word, but it sounds like a band in a room just cranking out some great rock and roll music. Exactly. It was so much fun, and that was the, uh, the intention was to play live, including the guitar solos, and keep as much of the vocals live as we could. And just get the sound of four guys interacting, you know. There's so much computer music nowadays. It was nice to uh, just get the sound live with everyone, you know, expressing themselves at the same time. I love the, uh, the production, too, is, is very understated. So there's your guitar, uh, there's Jason's guitar, Jason Sinoy, who we, we should talk about in a moment. But um, you guys seem like you're panned. You've got your own side of the stereo spectrum pretty much for most of the records, so yeah. I know who's who by the sounds of things. It's a four-piece band, two guitars, bass, and drums, you know. We, I am proud of the sound we got in. I did it in my home studio, which is a um, you know, pretty high-end studio, but not, uh, not uh, there were no computers or synthesizers or any of that. It was all pretty much just, we. the sound was up. You know, we had a great sound from the day one, so we just played. And Jason and I... Yeah, the guitar player, we play really well together. You know, he's really good at filling in my gaps and covering this when I need a, uh, you know, a little help here and there with the sound. And we just balance each other out really well. And when there's a need for him to step up and play a solo, he's really good. Yeah, I love the, uh, the opening track, Reckless Abandon. It sounds like you're trading off solos in that one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. The guitar parts, it looks like you've you know, intentionally left a lot of space for some longer kind of jammed out moments. There's some big solos. Um, I'm thinking of I Still Love You, Don't Knock the Boogie, um, Don't Wait. It's almost got a Zeppelin kind of vibe and looks like you're getting to stretch out on that tune. Yeah, well, it's a guitar record. You know, the Heartbreakers very rarely would, would stretch the guitars out much because we, we wrote um, more concise songs. Um, but on this record, I wanted to let the guitar breathe a little bit and... and uh, explore some space here and there that we wouldn't normally do. And that's the way we play live. We kind of play with reckless abandon. You know, we, we're tight, but we like to have things just sort of happen on the moment without too much uh, preconceived ideas. So uh, it's uh, that was by intent to have room for the guitars to really play out here and there. Let's talk about a couple of tracks. Don't wait. There's a really cool slide tone going on there. Is that you or is that Jason playing that part? Well, it's, it's me on my 59 last call. I always thought, I, I was thinking it sounded like the cream, uh, but I like your analogy as well. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a real thick Les Paul tone, which I don't haven't used too much over my career, but I like that sound. And uh, it's a very spontaneous song, you know. It's, it's, it's got dynamics where it's really soft and loud. And that was just all uh, you know, unrehearsed, which I like about it. It's interesting you mentioned the, the Heartbreakers tone because, you know, me, like the rest of the world, you know, huge fans of your Heartbreakers work, but it was a lot of fun hearing some of those, yeah, those thicker, more rocking guitars, like in um, in Sugar. Yeah. Um, like I said, I Still Love You, that that sounds big. Well, the Dirty Knocks, like I said, is there's two guitars, bass, and drums. There's no keyboards or background vocals per se. And with the Heartbreakers, you know, we had... Uh, it was a lot of mostly, well, I wrote a lot of songs with Tom, but mostly the, the songs were written around a janglier, like a Fender or a Rickenbacker, yep. British-type sound. Um, 
and a little more open, less overdriven. The dirty knobs, since we only have the two guitars, I turned them up to fill in that sound, so we didn't need a keyboard, and just let the two guitars fill in the holes. Very cool. What are you using for amps? Well, uh, Jason played through a Princeton, through a Princeton Fender amp. I I usually play through a, a Fender as well, but on this album, I had a Duesenberg sent me an amp. It's kind of modeled after a Princeton, but it's their amp, so this brown-looking thing, and I just turned that on the first day, and it, it made a great sound with Jason, so I stuck with that amp. I don't know if it has a model name, but I know it's Duesenberg. The tones are very organic. I mean, there's a few effects. I'm hearing a little bit of trem. Well, we had our, uh, because it was, uh, I wanted it to be live, you know, when we play live, we have some pedals, overdrive and chorus and uh, delay and stuff. And so on the record, we used our pedals, you know, like we wanted to get. So if it needed an echo, you just hit a button with your foot. Or if you need it louder, you hit the overdrive with the other foot. And, um, I wanted to recreate the sound we make when we play live, and that's what we got. You mentioned the Les Paul. Were you playing any other guitars on the record? Uh, a lot of it was Les Paul. I played my Fender Broadcaster on, on several things, which is my original Fender guitar. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I played the Rickenbacker 12-string on Reckless Abandon. And then there was a couple of acoustic songs. We used some Martins and acoustic uh, Gibsons. But I think most of the songs were that Les Paul on mine, and I think Jason played a Strat on most things too. Okay, classic, classic combination, those two. You um, am I hearing a, a twelve string, some slide on a twelve string on Southern Boy? Southern Boy, yeah, there's some slide here and there. Yeah, I had to remember. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was live too. I just picked it up as the track went by and, and put it back down. <laughs> 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 but a couple of things have slide guitar. And speaking of Jason, I would like to give him credit. There's a song called uh, That Guy. Yeah, yep. And uh, it's kind of a J.J. Kale-ish, swampy little song. And I actually handed uh, Jason my guitar and the open tuning and asked him to play the slide. I said, just play really simple. And he played an amazing part on that song. It's really beautiful. Nice. Nice. What's uh, What tuning do you have for that guitar? It was an open G. Uh, well, let's see. This song was an E flat, so it was probably a, an E tuning. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, do you, are you down in E flat? We rarely go to E flat. We usually stay on the dots. But I don't know. That just the voice sounded better in that key. All right. I hope you are enjoying the conversation with Mike Campbell. We will get back to that very shortly. But I want to remind you that this episode is presented by Fretboard Biology the comprehensive guitar program put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is good friends with the amazing Greg Koch, who had this to say about fretboard biology, and I quote, My buddy Joe Elliott, who ran the guitar department at the McNally Smith College of Music when I was teaching there, and who was at GIT many years before that, has busted his tail putting together this unbelievable online guitar course. Basically, his college-level curriculum available with video lessons that you can work at your own pace in the comfort of your own domicile. Perfect timing, says I. Dig it. Unquote. There you go. Greg Cock speaking about the Fretboard Biology course. There are links in our show notes. Please check them out. And uh, we'll jump back into our interview now with Mike Campbell. Mike, how are you enjoying the change in role? I know um, in the Heartbreakers, you 
referred to your job as the co-captain for the Dirty Knobs. You're, you're obviously stepping up the front a little, a little more. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. Uh, I really do love it, though I must say. With the Heartbreakers, I had such an easy job. You know, I could just lay back and Tom did all the work, and I would just play guitar. And I have a, a new respect for for Tom, having had to front the band and remember all the lyrics and sing in tune and lead the charge and talk to the audience. So There's a whole lot more responsibility. But uh, over the years, playing with the knobs and these little bars and stuff, I've really gotten comfortable with it, and I, I truly enjoy it. When I think of so many great rock bands, the sound is often defined by the vocalist. You know, I'm thinking of the Stones or ACDC, but... Yeah. The guitarists often define those bands just as much, and I think with the Heartbreakers that was clearly the case with you, Mike. You know those those parts. You can't when I when I do cover gigs. If a if a Heartbreakers tune gets called, if you don't play the guitar parts, you know the song's not working. Did you um as you're doing those records? Did you know? I don't know. Did you have an inkling of how important your parts were in in the big picture? I never thought about it. I was just going by instinct. I mean, looking back on it. I can see that a lot of the guitar parts were very essential, like on Breakdown, the, the line yeah. here and there. Um, you, uh, you take those off and the song doesn't sound as good. But at the time, I just had my head down just doing the work in the moment. Uh, but uh, we were just lucky, you know. We, Tom wrote some great songs, and and I just tried to help them along with the guitar here and there if they needed something. Yeah. And it worked. It certainly did work. It certainly did. What was the interplay like with, with you and Tom on guitars? Yeah, well, yeah. My And, with, you know, Jason is different. Uh, Tom was a great rhythm player. And there was uh, he. I think he leaned on me a lot to come up with, with bits, you know, to help the songs along. And uh, I just love that role, you know. And I, I always seem to come up with something, you know, it's magical. I don't know where it comes from. I'm just lucky, maybe. But, but he always liked... Uh, you know, how I helped the songs along and, and come up with bits, you know, to, to give them a, a, a hook or something. But it, it was just, uh, it was just natural. I don't know. We had a, we had a mutual uh, affinity to each other. And uh, I'm really proud of the songs we wrote. You, you still play some, some Heartbreaker songs in the, in the Dirty Knobs, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I, we, were, we have a tour, <laughs> if we ever get around to it. Yeah. But uh, the set, uh, I like to do covers now and then. We might, we might do an animal song, or we might do a Howlin' Wolf song. And I we learned several Heartbreaker songs. And I'm thinking once we get touring, I'll probably put one or two in each night. And I enjoy playing them, you know. And I can, I can, most of them I can sing uh, really close to Tom's personality because we're a lot alike, and I, I can capture the character of the song probably better than most people would singer than me, I understand how the songs should be delivered, you know, so I enjoy doing uh, those songs. So after creating so many of your own iconic guitar parts, what was it like stepping in for Lindsay Buckingham in, in Fleetwood Mac uh, a couple of years back now? Well, that was, uh, it was different for me. I wasn't used to learning other guitar parts. I was used to coming up with my own and playing my own parts, so it was kind of a challenge. It's something I'd never really done. But I loved those records so much, I really wanted to recreate the records as closely as I could. So I studied them quite a bit, and I tried to uh, pick up on all the nuances of the guitars that were important in those songs. 
But it was a bit of a challenge, but I took it on as a challenge, and it was kind of, I learned a lot, too. It opened up my mind a little bit, uh, and uh, I'm much happier doing my own songs, <laughs> but uh, as far as the guitar parts, but uh, he's a great player, and it was fun to learn his stuff. He's got that really um, unusual finger style in the right hand. Did you cop any of that, or did you stick with your flat pick? Well, I copped what I had to, what I had to, you know. Um, we didn't do some of the songs that he does, that technique, are his personal songs in the band. We didn't do many of those, fortunately, so I didn't have to work too hard on the finger picking. But I can do that if I need to. Uh, but most of the songs were electric, uh, you know, to hits and stuff. Sure. You strike me, Mike, as someone who just loves to play, you know, hence you've had the Dirty Knobs running in between tours. Um, you took the Fleetwood Mac gig um, and now, you know, going pretty full steam with the, the Dirty Knobs. Is it is guitar still as exciting for you as, as ever? Oh, yeah. I love playing guitar and I love the Dirty Knobs and I love those songs. They're really fun to play. I mean, they're built for guitar, you know. There's a lot of... Rhythmic and 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 uh, raunchy guitar in those songs, and I love playing them. You know, I, I'm happy. I'm playing a song I like, and I've got my sound. I'm as happy as I can be. Awesome, awesome. Sounds good. And what what's the plan for um for the Dirty Knobs from here? So obviously the record's out. Well, we're gonna. I want. We'll probably start another record depending on the COVID uh, in January. We'll probably make another one here at my house because it's a good sound. Have that done by May, and then we've got some dates on hold uh, starting in June. Some opening for Chris Stapleton in in a, in a big uh, baseball fields and stuff and big arenas. And then following that, we've got our own tour, which is our headline tour, which is much smaller places. But that's how we're going to start out. And it's all sitting there, sold out, ready to go. So depending on, uh, we'll have a we'll have a second record done by then, and then. Uh, Tour gets pushed back yet again. We'll make another record. Once we get out playing, you know, we'll, I just want to keep playing. I love to play live, and I miss it a lot. And I want to stay busy. Very cool. Very cool. So you're, you've, I, mean, I guess, your whole career, you've, you've, you've gone starting in, um, in clubs, you know, with the mud crutch stuff, playing in arenas, um, and now it looks like you've got a nice mix of, of both. What, what do you enjoy about both? Both sort of venues, so the mega arenas versus a smaller club. Yeah, well, that's another thing about you know starting over basically and playing you know smaller theaters or bigger clubs or whatever. That's how I started out, you know. So when I play those gigs, it's kind of getting getting in touch with the source of my first inspiration to be a musician, and I really like that. I like being in a room of four or five hundred people where. We're all in the same room. We can all hear the same sound. You can see their faces, and you can feedback. You know, the interaction between the band and the audience can be really exciting. Uh, and the big arenas, uh, like with the Heartbreakers, we played a lot of you know bigger places. It's a different thing. It's 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 equally satisfying, but a different way. You know, you don't see the people's faces as well, and there's a big sound that goes out into the air, <laughs> um, and. It's uh, so I found when you play those places, less is more. You know, if you if you hit too many notes, they get they get lost in the echo. So you you simplify your your sound, and it, it sounds better in the big arenas. But uh, like I said, the small places, you know, there's you can really uh, 
uh, improvise, you know, and, and if it's a, which the dirty knobs do, you know. We'll like, you know, a piece might go on longer or you might throw in a song you didn't rehearse that well. But in a smaller room, you can you can get away with it because you can really hear each other and you're real tight together. So both both worlds are good. I and mean, playing music's good, whether it's just sitting by yourself with a guitar or playing for, you know, 100,000 people. It's still music. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. And yeah, you you still, it's so evident how much you love it on whichever level you're, you know, whichever level you're engaging with it, Mike. Um, it's been awesome talking it's with you. my lifeblood. Yeah, okay. What, can I ask you one last question? You've, you've had an amazing career sure. uh, as a sideman and as a frontman now, as a producer, as a musician. What, what's your advice to up-and-coming guitar players? Well, my advice would be don't do it unless you love it. Don't do it because you think you're going to be a rock star or make millions of dollars. Uh, because it'll end up being shallow. You know, you gotta, if you're going to play guitar, like for me, once I started playing guitar, nothing else mattered to me except the guitar. I was, I was going to do it whether I made a penny or not. And I think maybe that's why I got, I got better at it because I loved it. You know, so if you really love it, just go after it, you know, and don't give up. Just practice all the time, work on your rhythm. You know, and try not to, I would suggest, try not to, to play too fast or show off. Try to uh, play in time with the groove and, and and play for the song. You know, don't show off, but try to come up with stuff that makes the song sound better. I mean, I think that that's the best advice I could give you. That's great. Well, um, Mike, it's been so, it's been amazing to uh, to chat with you about your, your career and the, the Dirty Knobs record that's out and and all the other amazing stuff you've done with the Heartbreakers. And uh, thank you for all the music and, and all the best for the, for the new chapter that you've just kicked into. Thank you, Matt. It was nice talking to you too. And stay safe. All right, there you go. Mike Campbell, what a great way to finish out our year speaking to such fantastic guitar player with a wonderful career. And as already mentioned, a string of hits mostly with the Heartbreakers, but also with some very well-known artists. And, of course, the Dirty Knobs new album is out now. I highly recommend you check that out. All right, well, hey, that's our last episode for the year, for 2020. So thank you so much for joining me, and uh, I look forward to your company in 2021. My thanks also to Fretboard Biology for sponsoring this episode. There are links in our show notes to check out that excellent online guitar course all right my name is matt wakeling you've been listening to the guitar speak podcast i'll catch you next time bye now